What's up, DMV? It's your boy Tailgate Ted here. You all know I love to cook, but every once in a while I need a break. I just want to go enjoy a nice, crispy, juicy buffalo wing or maybe dig into a nice bowl of chili. Well, you can do that now at our first sponsor of the mess hall, Penn Quarter Sports Tavern. They're one of my favorite sports bars around town. If you're just looking for a fun place with delicious food to watch the Stanley Cup Finals, go Lightning, or maybe catch an NBA Finals game, or just have a cold beer and watch the Nats, stop on by Pencor Sports Tavern. They're in Northwest D.C., right by the Archives Navy Memorial Pencorder Station. That's the green and yellow line for those of you that don't know. Address is 639 Indiana Avenue Northwest. Trust me, you can't go wrong with these guys. They've got some of the best food downtown. I love stopping by before a Caps game, before a Wiz game. But since both of our teams are out right now, Let's just go down there and watch some fun sports, have a good time, and support a local business that's supporting your boys on the mess hall. This is Rick Doc Walker, the DOC. This is John Kime, and you're listening to the mess hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the mess hall. It's your boy Tailgate Ted. Join us always. Rally me. Captain. There you go, baby. Thank you to everyone that subscribed to the show. We've gotten a ton of great feedback. This is episode three. It's actually uh, June 14th. I've realized with the commanders, we're going to have to date and timestamp these things just because something happens, I feel, every five minutes with this team. Exactly, man. So, you know what? <laughs> just stay tuned that's what you got to do <laughs> definitely definitely and for those of you that haven't subscribed that haven't reviewed us i'm not sure what you're waiting for you need to get on that just kidding but like rally said stay tuned we're trying to do this weekly coming out with these every wednesday recording on a tuesday but if something happens we might drop something that you're gonna miss so make sure you hit that subscribe button give you when you get a chance rate us on spotify and itunes it'll definitely help out the show it, it surely, it, it definitely will. And, and, and guys, we, we value your feedback. So we can only get better by you guys letting us know what's needed. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, so far the feedback's been good. Don't be scared to, you know, give me some negative feedback. Give us some negative feedback. If I don't like it, I might just mute you, but I'll at least read what you said first. <laughs> so and- Freedom of speech, Ted. Freedom of speech. <laughs> Speaking of freedom of speech, we've been getting a lot of tweets and uh, people asking what we think about Del Rio. And I don't know about you, Rally, but I listen to sports talk radio to get away from the day-to-day of the world. And Jack made his comment. He said some things. The team fined him for it. He deleted his Twitter. I'm going to miss the D's nuts comments randomly to different commanders fans that piss them off. But my stance is, you know, I don't want to get into politics on this show and that's not why people listen. That's not what people are looking for out of me personally. I mean, you know, by all means, I want to give you a chance to, you know, say how you feel on this whole topic. Well, in a nutshell, Ted, I feel as though, I don't think he should have been censored. 
I don't think he should have been censored. I believe that you got to be able to say what you need to say. But at the same time, be prepared to what can come down the road. And like you, people don't listen to me for politics. They listen to us for the sports aspect of things. The biggest thing that I will say came about all of this is as a nation, I believe that we need to be able to talk to each other. Right now, there's this, this tweet storm or going viral over a, a quote when that's not talking to someone, that's talking at someone. So you really can't get a good perspective of what they're trying to say because there's no true dialogue. So out of all of this, long story short, let's open up and talk to each other, not talk at each other. And that's pretty much all I've got to say about that. Amen, man, amen. I mean, we've definitely got some dialogue going. It's been happening. You know, there's been a lot of back and forth. If you wanna understand my specific opinions on it, you can find me on Twitter. Go check out what I tweeted the day everything happened and you'll get my stance on that. But one thing we do wanna talk about is a exclusive Washington Gold event that you and I were invited to last week at the stadium. I mean, they had a rebrand journey at the stadium last week with none other than Jason Wright, Dave Baldwin, the chief ticketing officer, and Will Misselbrook, the chief content and digital officer that was in charge of the rebrand. I mean, any chance to get back to FedEx Field, I am a thousand percent on board with. And Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Any chance to get a behind the scenes look on how the team does things and to talk to Jason, I want to soak up. So I'm curious what your thoughts were of that entire evening. I mean, this that event in general. Well, I'll say that uh, it was good to be able to rub elbows with Jason and the other guys that you mentioned, um, because you don't always get to do that. You know, a lot of times you you see what they want you to see, but you don't really get to, to do a one on one. And Jason stayed by and he talked to everyone. And I like that. You know, I also like the fact that we were able to be able to welcome into their world, if you will, even though it's our team, technically it's their world when it comes down to this whole rebrand thing. And even though I know they said that we as fans would have some say, so the fact of the matter is it was their baby. All right. <laughs> it just was. And, and it was going to be one of those things where either we like it or we don't. But after hearing what he said and giving us the little tidbits about the different uniform changes, the uniform committees and how you have to have a certain color in each uniform to be able to have an alternate uniform, which were things that I had no clue about. I'm not sure if you did, but I had no clue about. And so just hearing those little nuggets, as you put it on a tweet, it just made it that much better. The fact that they were able to open up to the gold members and allow them to listen to what they had to say. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. There was a lot of stuff that I just, I wasn't aware of, you know, from a rule standpoint, the NFL likes to have rules for everything. And it was very apparent that night when Jason and Will were going over everything they had to go through with making these jerseys. And they're coming out with a series 
that may be a little bit of a, a spoiler that's going to be making the jersey, or I'm not sure exactly what the title is going to be, but something to that effect. And I tweeted a picture of Jason kind of showing the jersey that night, and he gave an explanation as to the white jersey and how it was designed. And I didn't realize that in order for the team to have a alternate jersey, one of the colors for that alternate jersey has to be featured in the home or the away jersey. So there are fans out there that have been yelling and screaming, why is there black in the white jersey? Jason said during all these kind of feedback groups, they wanted, fans wanted a black alternate jersey. There's an NFL rule that says you have to have your alternate jersey color in your home or away jersey. So that's why there's actually a black stripe in that white road jersey, which makes sense now. And a lot of fans actually pointed out to me that the team talked about this on 2222, but we got so much information from them that day. And a lot of us were caught up in our feelings about the new name or Chopper Brad ruining the surprise. We missed it. So that tweet I sent out actually got looked at 90,000 times, which I wish the tweets about our show would get looked at that much, but <laughs> different things, man. It's, there was another tidbit of how the actual diamond pattern is designed after the shape of Washington, D.C., giving homage to the city. And I'm a D.C. resident. I live downtown D.C. You know, I soak that stuff up. And then you've got your haters out there that want to come back and say, oh, well, DC's not exactly the shape of a diamond. It looks like this. You got to be kidding me, guys. Do you expect Nike to make a specific stamp just to match the exact layout of DC on a map? I mean, this is where I go with social media. People just want to complain about what they want to complain. Just value the tidbits of information and the thought that went into this. Well, that would be too much like right, Ted. <laughs> Come on, man. You you know me to be one of the most positive people in the world. And so, you know, it, it really, it, you try not to let it get to you. And like you, you post something very positive about the diamond shape and how, you know, DC, Benjamin Manager, the whole nine yards. And and people just, they just blow over it because they got these these uh these hate feelings about the name still being changed and, and and it's like there's nothing you can do about it so either you're going to be on board or you're not but I, I almost feel like and I never believe in blocking anyone but I got to tell you man there's a there's a time when when you hear so much negativity for to me no reason it's like okay you may be ready to get blocked and I and I, I pride myself in and and not blocking people and 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 trying to truly understand where they're coming from but to me this was all 100% positivity and uh you know people just <laughs> it's like they just want to to complain to complain like you said so but that's the world we live in the only thing that's going to make it better let's win some ball games <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you, man. And it goes back to that dialogue you talked about earlier with Del Rio. And I am not shy to block somebody. I'm not shy to mute somebody just because <laughs> I've gotten I've gotten threats and I've gotten just serious hate from commanders fans or 
you know, OG Redskins fans that can't stand the fact that I am happy to be a commander now. And the team was involved in the Capitol Pride Parade this weekend. And I am proud of the team for being involved in that Pride Parade. You know, I am happy that they are inclusive of all fans. Because in my opinion, football is for everyone. And, you know, there are some people that I just don't want to have a conversation with. And Twitter instituted a everyone can reply, people you mention can reply, or you follow can reply. And that feature has been a godsend for me because there are some times when I've tweeted something out and I've deleted it because I've gotten so much hate from just, you know, whether it was the fire Bruce Allen movement or the release the report movement that I've tweeted, deleted it, and then reposted the exact same thing and changed who can actually reply because I don't want to deal with the headaches or the negativity. And the one that I actually sent out the other day was talking about how the team wanted to honor African-American architect Benjamin Banneker who actually helped design the layout of DC back in the 1790s and that pattern. And I'm not here to get into a history lesson. We all know that Pierre Lafont was involved in it and this and that. You can look it up however you want to get into it. But the fact that they thought to honor a African-American man from the 1790s that helped just mold what our city is. And yes, we play in Landover, Maryland, which is another topic we're going to talk about in a little bit. But to help honor this man and give him his due just makes me even more excited to see all these other little Easter eggs, if you will, around the other jerseys that we have and that the team came out with. It gives you a sense of pride, man. It really does. And they just didn't slap some burgundy and gold together. They put some true thought into it. And whether the people who oppose it like it or not, they really did. And I can say once again that I'm proud to be a Commanders fan. And before anybody bites my head off, in the heart, it will always be Skins. But the name has changed. We're not going to delve too much on that. We're going to keep it going. But I'm proud to know the little nuggets that they talked about. Oh, I'm right there with you. And Jerseys have to stay around for three years, which is another NFL rule that I did not know. And according to Jason, that evening, they're going to come out with a fourth jersey. And the fans are going to have a chance to provide input, feedback on the design of that fourth jersey. I really wish the team would post all the NFL ridiculous rules around it so they can understand how we got to this point. But I think part of that's going to be revealed when this jersey design comes out. Because this year, we're going to get a chance to help with the mascot. And I think next year, we're going to get a chance to help design jersey number four. And I think they want to alternate these jerseys and come out with new stuff and stay fresh. I mean, I've got family that are Tampa Bay Bucks fans, and I feel that they've got some of the freshest jerseys out there, and they've redone and redesigned those over time. And it's exciting because, yes, we have our old gear, and Jason actually mentioned, it's okay to wear the old gear to the stadium. He said that a ton of times. Yeah. I'm amazed how many fans still ask me that question online because it's their first game at FedEx, but you can wear your old gear. He even said that night, if you sing the old lyrics to the song, when the new song comes out, that's okay too. And you because, and I touched yeah, on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, because they know people are going to do it. They And we talked about that. And I said, hey, Jason, you know people. He goes, I don't care. Let them do it. At this point, you know what it boils down to? It boils down to they're, they're getting away, if you will, from trying to be so restrictive. They're getting away from, from trying to put everyone in a certain box. The fact of the matter is they understand that you have to bridge the old and the new. And you're not going to be able to do that by shoving one thing down someone's throat. Now, the name change, hey, we didn't have a, we didn't have a choice in that. But being able to wear your old gear, being able to incorporate the new jerseys along with those stuff, hey, that's what it's all about. And they realize, and it's no secret, they realize that the ticket base has been shrinking. But on a good note, one thing that um, Bill, I think his name, Ticket Guy, what's Ticket Guy? Is it, was uh, it Bill? Dave. Dave, Dave, I'm sorry. Excuse me, Dave. Excuse me for saying that. But uh, Dave also said, hey, at this point, our season ticket sales have soared through the roof. And there are a lot of people what? who are at, actually, <laughs> there are a lot. That's right. There are a lot of people who are finally getting behind this movement now is it because okay. they lower prices is it because they've lower prices is it because they've included parking is it because they didn't try to they're not trying to seem like nickel and dime you for once i think it's a list of, of, of all of those it's, it compromises all of those things and people now, even though the product on the field hasn't been where we want it to be as of yet, they realize that. And it seems as though they're finally listening and trying to give back a little bit to the fans to bring them in. And from what I have seen, and you can expound upon this, from what I've seen, they're slowly coming back. They are. They definitely are. And I mean, I've, I've mentioned before how, you know, I started the fan captain program and have advised the team in the past and continue to do so. And, you know, if something happens that they do that I think is a gigantic mistake, I will text them and call them on it. And I, I try and not do it publicly and sometimes unless they don't listen. And an example of that was the whole Sean Taylor piece when they just completely missed the mark and they understand that. So that's why now they have come out with these themes for these games. And we're trying to understand, you know, in a more advanced manner, what to look forward to that week. So, you know, it's no shock that I've been frustrated with the ticketing organization because I feel that as fans in the general admission seats, we are somewhat ignored. And the response I got back is, you know, club level seats are empty and we need to sell them. And this is a business. And I get that. And I appreciate that. I just want the team to look at it from a fan's perspective of, I want to feel special too. Don't make me feel unwanted when I'm in the one that's been here for 20 plus years that hasn't missed a game and has been buying seats. And yes, it's great to see our fan base grow and know that we're not going to be as flooded next season and that all these people are excited for the rebrand like you and I are. But 
give me a bone every once in a while downstairs and some of the fans upstairs so we know that you haven't forgot about us. Yeah, I agree with you on that, definitely. But one thing that I was also surprised about is Jason said that they did a couple of surveys and focus groups, and his favorite name was the Hogs, which I know a lot of our listeners would have loved to have seen us be instead of, you know, the commanders. But when they polled women, it was heavily factored into no with all their replies. Women did not want that name. And I'm, I have my thoughts as to why without getting into that side of things, but I was kind of shocked to see him admit that, that was one of his leaders in the clubhouse. Well, once again, all we've ever wanted was transparency from the top to the bottom. And it seems as though we're finally getting it. And I can get behind that. If you make a mistake, own up to it. If there's a, like he said, the fan poll and women didn't agree with it. Hey, I can understand that. You admitted it. We can move on. But what I don't like is when we as fans know something and you try to sweep, sweep it up under the rug. We're smarter. <laughs> we're, we're smarter than that. So I told Jason, you make a mistake, just own it. Yeah, you'll take a little bit of ridicule for the first, who knows what, but like anything else in life, there's something, another story that's going to be bigger that'll, that'll topple what you made wrong. So just admit it, move on, and people will say, all right, cool. You know, put your big boy pants on and roll with it. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I mean, there's always another news cycle. So something is going to happen. That's why we wanted to... Uh, date and timestamp this thing because there's always going to be another news cycle. We want to make sure people know when we're talking, maybe that thing that happened hadn't happened yet. But one thing I thought was funny, and I asked you and uh, our buddy earlier that was hanging out with us when we were eating some food before the whole event started, what do you think of this question that I wanted to ask Jason and all them? Because I was hoping we were going to get a Q&A with Coach Zampezi. We got to ask him questions. And I don't know if a Q&A was on the table and then the whole Jack Del Rio thing kind of blew that up, if you will. But we didn't get a chance to ask any questions during the event. They uh, did all the talking. But at the end of the event, I went over to uh, Will Misselbrook, and I, I just I had to know. And those of you that follow the team kind of as passionately as Rally and I do might have remembered a NBC Sports Washington segment that aired which showed the old commander's crest and the dates weren't around the crest. Everything was there except the dates where the dates were. It actually said the people's team. Thank God they got rid of that. But I asked, Will, did you guys leak that on purpose or was that a mistake? And I asked you ahead of time if that was okay. Cause I don't want to get kicked out of the event, which you know, they're going to have to pull me kicking and screaming. But <laughs> when I asked him about it, he said, yeah, that was a mistake. You know, someone accidentally sent the wrong file and put the wrong file into final edit. That was supposed to have been blurred out. And I was shocked to hear that. Not surprised that it happened, but shocked to hear that. Well, you see, 
that's something else that we can talk about. It seems to me that a blunder, no, man, you got to be able to keep things better under wrap. Who's who's putting this stuff out? That's my that's that's my thing. Who's putting this stuff out? You know what I mean? There's no way that that should have made it to that level. Who's who's the second the second check, the third check, you know, and fourth checks to say no, that's good, or you know, to to approve it. Come on, yeah. you, you 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 can stop a lot of this nonsense in having the different approval checks. Come on, guys. No, there there definitely needs to be some quality control, and that's what some of the advisory board has been to the team. But since the new regime has come on. They haven't taken us up on that as much. And Jason has admittedly said that they've lost a lot of institutional knowledge. And I feel that some of that institutional knowledge would have played key during the rebrand because, you know, those nice Letterman jackets that you and I have and the players have and the alumni have, have the wrong dates. I don't care what the team says or what excuse they want to come out with. The dates are wrong and they changed it. Something like that could have been caught easily and just going back to the past there was a game i think when london fletcher was being honored and they put his wrong name on the ticket or did something with the actual paper tickets that we got just different things like that that you would expect a billion dollar you know organization and yes i said billion with a b especially because of what the broncos just sold for would have some checks and balances in place so this is maybe my plea of, hey, Jason, I've tweeted you in the past. I'm available for hire. Happy to be on the payroll. You know, you just let me know. You got my number. You can reach out anytime. Quality control, brother. Quality control. And like you said, a B, billion. It's like McDonald's, billion sold. Come on, guys. Uh, one thing that I, I, I understand, they want to be secret about things. I, I, I get it. At the same time, hey, have a couple fans like Tailgate Ted and Rally Captain sign an agreement. <laughs> they won't leak anything and run it past us because all they did was Google Super Bowl years and, it, and said, there it is, boom, and ran with it. And we know that that's not the case, man. You got you to gotta go deeper. Ask the fans. We'll tell you the truth. You may not like it, but we'll tell you. And what you do after that is on you. Um, what they say is, you know, sometimes the truth hurts. And, you know, speaking of truth, Curtis Samuels missed OTAs last week. He missed the last day of OTAs. And apparently today, Ron Rivera said that the field, well, today was the first day of minicamp for those that aren't following, the field was a little slick. So when he gave his morning press conference at 8, 8.15 this morning, they weren't sure if Curtis was going to practice or if Antonio was going to practice. Antonio had a, for those, Antonio Gibson had a twinge in his hamstring last week. So he also missed the last day of OTAs. On top of that, so did Samus Reyes. He's been on the cycling team for a long time and he's got a screw loose in his knee or something with a screw in his knee, but it doesn't need surgery. But back to who I really care about, Curtis Samuel. We're at this again. Can you believe that it's just mandatory minicamp and 
We're talking about putting this guy in a bubble again. I don't want to believe it. And it hurts me to believe it. I'm, I'm really wondering, is there more going on than what's being said? That's where I'm going to have to leave it because I don't want to speculate too much because all it does is upset me. And you know me, man, I, I'm like the Hulk. You won't like me when I'm mad. And that's why I try not to show that side of me. Um, so for right now, I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself as far as that's concerned. And I'm always going to, I always told you, I'm going to be positive. So right now, you know, this really doesn't mean anything because he does know the playbook. So I'm going to just let him work out whatever he needs to work out. But I will be the first to say, hey, look, if this continues on, then as much as it may hurt them to look foolish, you may have to cut bait. And I can't see them cutting him or doing anything like that at this point. It's just Rivera's quote was out of an abundance of caution. We gave him a rest day. So, okay. You gave him a rest day last week for the last day of OTAs today. It's out at Ashburn. There's a little dew on the field, whatever it is. It's a little slippery and you don't want that guy to run drills or do anything. Now, he did actually practice, and so did Antonio Gibson. And I did get to see them do team drills. Pete Haley does a great job with NBC Sports Washington. You know, Mitch Tischler, all the guys out there, they do such a great job of recording videos and sending those out. So us fans that can't be there get a chance to see what's happening. So he did run routes. He did catch balls. But to me, that's not the point. They're saying it was general soreness and out of an abundance of caution. In the same area? They said it wasn't his groin. He had a good practice on Monday, but came in tight on Tuesday. So is he just out of shape? I mean, what, what's going on? Hmm, interesting. Well, I'll say this. As long as it's not his groin, I'll deal with it. And yeah, he probably is out of shape. He probably isn't where he needs to be. But as much money as we paid him, he better have a masseuse on call, team masseuse or whatever they need to get himself prepared. Because we want to see this guy, man. We want to see this guy. We want to see the potential. And everybody always talks about what we have, our assets. But I'll be doggone. Come on. We got to be able to put it all together. We've got to be able to put it all together. We know, in theory, that we have a good offensive team if, and I hate to use those two letters, if, but if we can put it together, we'll be okay, I believe. But it doesn't look good in the beginning. So we'll see what happens. And it's only mini camp. So I'm not trying to jump the gun. It's just, it's a story that would have been talked about if the, Del Rio comment wasn't made because it's headline news. We know what happened to Curtis Samuel last year and we can't afford, he can't afford to go through that again this year. I mean, if that happens, Curtis needs to redo the side field and name it the Curtis Samuel field with all that money he's got, because that's the only place he's going to ever touch foot up. 
So let me ask you this, Ted. They said there was dew on the field. Would you have felt more comfortable if the whole team didn't practice per se versus just one player or two players? No, go with the bubble. You got a practice bubble, which, you know, I think it's ridiculous. We play in the NFC East. We don't have a dome stadium. We all know how everyone thinks about our field. You know, you got to play outdoors. That is how the game is played. So, no, I don't want to penalize everybody because you got a guy that is, you know, Mr. Glass and can't actually go out there and run because there was a little bit of slickness on the field. But what I'm saying is with, with those words that the coach used, out of precaution, there was dew on the field. So what are you what are you saying that the other however many guys are in camp right now? I think there's 80 guys right now. The other 80 guys don't matter. Well, I guess do, do, they're do, do, do you see where I'm coming at? Do you oh, see what I'm getting see, at? Yeah. yeah, I see what you I mean. Because I, I I would I would look at it as if there's dew on the field. Okay, so that one player out of precaution, well, hell man, you've got 90 other people on the team out of precaution for the whole team. We're going to move inside if that's the case. See, that's what it's, it's stuff like that, that that raises question marks. And anytime you get question marks in your mind, then you're like, OK, well, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. So, so for me, I would prefer him to say, hey, you know what? The, the field was slick. So out of precaution, I took everyone off the field and I put everyone in the bubble. And if you want to ask me questions, ask me questions. But I took everyone off the field because out of out of precaution. That way that alleviates that one person or that or two people, so to speak. No, I hear you there. And actually, you know, we talked about it last week where I feel Rivera says too much and he causes a lot of his own problems. And I don't know if you watch his press conferences. I, I make an appointment. It's it's appointment viewing for me. Where, you know, the old days, you know, Friday night, TGIF, that's every time the commanders tweet that Ron Rivera is going to talk because I want to see what he's going to do now to, you know, potentially put his foot in his mouth. And I'm not saying that's what he did here, but, you know, yeah, they could have moved him inside. They could have said, you know, something else. But we all know, and he knows, and he got into arguments with, I think it was J.P. Finley last year during a press conference, suggesting does Curtis Samuel need surgery? And coach blew up. So he got hot. Yeah, he got hot. Yeah, he got really hot. And you're just giving us another reason with all this. And once again, it is June. It is mini camp. But if we start seeing these things again in training camp, then I don't know about you. Just cut his name off of that piece of paper because I have no faith in the fact that he'll be a weapon for Carson and be able to help this team. Well, that's why I said, I said, if it continues on, then you got to cut bait. And you said, no, we're not ready to cut him yet. Well, I'm not ready to cut him yet. However, like you said, if this continues on, then it's time to move on. Well, you can't cut them because you've got cap ramifications. But when I say, you know, be done with it and take them off the paper list, to me, he's moving to the bottom of the depth chart. And I don't expect him to be active on game days. I don't expect him to contribute and I hope and pray that I'm wrong, but you are your brand. Curtis Samuel had a brand in Carolina. We paid him because of that brand and his potential. But as far as commanders fans know, his brand is Mr. Glass that can't stay on the field that we paid 
millions and millions of dollars to where that money could be better suited for another wide receiver on our team instead. Well, yeah. And, and let me, let me clarify what I mean by cut. It goes back to what you were saying, scratch. How about that? Scratch him off. Not, I'm, not, I'm not cutting him off of the team. I'm scratching him off of the roster. So that way it could someone, like you said, someone else can move up and he can go to the bottom of the depth chart. If that's what the case may be. And I'm hoping that's not the case. And I'm hoping that everything will be okay, but we're in mini camp and I'm hoping to get out there and actually get a chance to watch practice what are your three things that you want to see or hear come out of minicamp? Well, I want to continue to hear that Jahan Doxson is a baller. I want to continue to hear that. I want to, I want to hear that the offensive line is putting it together, that they're on the same page. And last but not least, I want to continue to hear how Carson is progressing because we're not going to go anywhere without a quarterback. And we all feel as though we have a quarterback. So that's what I want to hear. I want to hear that he's progressing. I want to hear that he is fitting into Turner's offensive scheme. I want to hear Jahan Dotson is just lighten it up out of out of this universe now those are definitely a couple of good ones and I was, I was worried you're going to take one of mine or a couple of mine but i want to see jamin davis get some reps during otas they kept talking about how they were doing a lot of two-man sets a lot of nickel sets and it was cole holcomb and david mayo out there i don't know if they were hiding jamin davis from the media but he needs practice. He needs repetition. He needs to get out there and start reacting instead of just thinking in his head where he needs to be. So I want to see Jamin Davis get first team reps, get second team reps, get third team reps. I want that kid to be on the field the entire time the defense is out there because he needs the work. And he said today during his press conference that he feels better at outside backer, but he can play middle and he can play inside um from my standpoint no you can't and i don't even want you at outside if no. you don't know what you're doing because i think it's too early to call him a bust go ahead no i was going to say you become a liability oh yeah basically what happens um you had two more before i go on so i want to hear your other two i want to see if we can get through minicamp healthy. I want to make sure that none of these nagging injuries, these soft tissue injuries, you know, Antonio Gibson had a twinge in his hamstring. Yes, he did do individual drills. We got to see that from some of the videos that came out of the media. But a hamstring is something that can last for a while. And to be clear, you have a decent break between minicamp and training camp. So he'll have time to get better. But those soft tissue injuries are things that can linger. I want to make sure that we can get through this healthy and not have to worry about going into week one versus the Jags banged up before the season's even started. Oh, you mean like the collision that they had earlier in the week, last week? <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I think it was Jeremy Reeves that uh, knocked out. Was it Diami? Yeah. I think so. And Reeves actually made a comment to the media today. I was listening to uh, Grant and Danny, and they had someone on. They were talking about how Reeves balled out, and when he was walking past the media back to the locker room, said, "Y'all got nothing to talk about today," or something to that effect, because. He balled out, but didn't actually piss off coach or do anything outside of what he was supposed to. And for those that don't know, Rivera stopped practice and chewed the team out last week during OTAs because there was just a massive collision between Reeves and Diami, where Diami was on the ground for a good couple of minutes and coach just let him have it. And part of the funny thing about it is, you know, now Diami's okay and we know he's fine. It was family day at the park. So you've got, you know, Leno there with his two little baby girls hanging out and coaches just yelling and screaming and cursing. And a lot of the media said they have never seen this kind of passion and fire come out of Rivera before. Well, that's what's needed, man. It's, it's what's needed. How many times on the sidelines that we've seen him with his hands crossed, his arms crossed, and that's about it. You yeah. know, one thing that, I love is Sean McVay's tenacity on the sidelines, his excitement. I think his guys feed off of that. Sometimes we need a little bit of that on our side of the fence as well, man. You know, and I think that if you see the head dog getting excited, that'll fire you up to be excited as well. Oh, definitely. It shouldn't just be the players that have to get motivated. I mean, Rivera last year did the whole David versus Goliath with the stone thing in the locker room. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, coach had a little pebble in his pocket that he would carry around. And if the team had a big win, they would pick a player to throw the stone at the whiteboard in the locker room to simulate David taking down Goliath because we were the underdogs. And seeing Rivera do that was the first time I felt really good with him leading this team. And I want to see more of that out of him. I want to see more of that passion. And maybe that's just not his style, but his style hasn't gotten him a ton of wins from Carolina and everyone loves this man. And if, if you can't tell I'm on the fence on coach and to me, it's, it's put up a shut up time. He himself said year three is when everything should come together. So maybe that was him talking too much and putting his foot in his mouth again, but it's year three. And I got to see something out of him to make me believe that he is the right person for this job. And right now I'm still teetering back and forth. Well, you know, when he did his opening presser a couple of years back, I was ready to run through a brick wall for the man. I think as long, along with all the other fans, I mean, he said some very powerful things back then. And since then, you know, I mean, you can't obviously COVID him having cancer. I mean, so maybe that was he couldn't get necessarily too excited because of everything that was counting against him, basically. So now he's 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 over that, you know, COVID is still sticking around, but not as much as it was last year the year before last so maybe he's coming into his own and understanding that hey i can exert a little bit more for the players 
And I hope also, so. Yeah, and, and it also goes back to him learning his guys. You know, some guys, some people just need to be motivated. And yes, on the outside looking in, we're saying, well, these guys make millions of dollars. They should be, the money should motivate them. But no, they're human beings and it's still a job. And sometimes you have a natural leader that can motivate you to do, to get more out of you. And I think that the coach can do that. And maybe he's seeing that and understands that that's what's actually needed with these guys. Yeah, I hope you're right. And I mean, Rivera isn't just the coach. He's also in charge of, you know, signing players and evaluating players and evaluating talent. And you mentioned earlier, all the guys at training camp, or sorry, mini camp, the only person missing was Terry McLaurin. Rivera said earlier that he expected Terry to be there. I'm, I'm guessing he said that because it's mandatory. And the team now has the option of finding Terry a total of $95,877 if he misses all three days of minicamp. Earlier during the weekend, Nikki Javala from the Washington Post came out and said that talks between commanders and Terry McLaurin's reps have continued, per sources, while there's been some progress, they're still far apart and as of now, McLaurin seems unlikely to show for minicamp. He returned to Florida today to resume training for the season. And this was on June 12th, two days ago. Rivera well, expected him to be there. Rivera thought he would be there. He didn't show up. Big deal? Yes and no. And I know that that's a, a weird answer. But as you said, Rivera, just keep quiet, bro. Just say, hey, I hope everyone shows up. Because at, at this point, that's all you can do. You can't make anyone show up. You can't make anyone do anything. You, you would like to believe that, yes, he should be there, that he would want to be there. And, and I always tell you, Ted, in my heart, I believe that Terry wants to be here as well. But you got to play the game. And for everyone who's talking bad about Terry, just stop it. Just stop it. Because when it comes down to it, the man's got to look out for himself. He really does. Because we know the NFL, if any little thing happens to him, he'll be gone. And what will it have added up to? Just some good memories? No, you want to get paid as well. So I feel as though they're going to work something out. Well, let, let me say this, Ted. And, and I know this is going to be unpopular to a lot of people, but I kind of see two different aspects here. One, as a fan, I want Terry to be here. Also, I want him to get paid. He deserves to get paid. There's, there's no one who doesn't think that the man needs to get paid. We've always said we want this type of guy to be on our team. Well, he's checked all the boxes. So now it's a matter of paying him. And I told you last episode, I don't know how L.A. gets away with it, but who, who's ever writing their contracts, we need to, you know, go out to L.A. and talk to them so that we can figure out a way to, 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 to sign these guys and, and, and maybe it's their signing bonus with, with extras down the road, I, I, futures or whatever you want to look at it. I don't know, but we need to figure it out. The other thing is, you know, I wonder – 
and I know this is going to be unpopular, but I really wonder, are they really in the mindset of trying to go all out for Terry or, and here comes, here comes the, the, the kicker, or do they feel that Dotson can fill his shoes based upon what they've seen? Now, I don't want that to happen, but it seems as though sometimes the thought process is, well, you know, we found Terry in the third round and look what he did for us. Well, now we got this guy in the first round and look what he's doing in camp. So, okay, if Terry wants to play a hard ball, we'll play hard ball with him, but we still got our little gym over here. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. I actually, I was on with, uh, I think it was Rudy Parker on his show last week. And we talked about it and talked about how everyone has been raving about Dotson, about how he's just been a godsend. The guy is going to be in the pro bowl. People are putting him on the ring of fame already. And it just, wow. Yeah. I, I get it. The guy looks good, but he hasn't caught a single pass in the NFL. He hasn't caught a touchdown in the NFL. Terry has been here for several years now and has done everything you can think of and you know we're feel like we're beating a dead horse to an extent when we talk about terry and his attributes everybody knows how good terry is and it's news to me that fans are getting mad at terry i was going back and forth on twitter with tim meek who's a good buddy of mine and yours and he was saying that he can't believe that certain people are making terry to be the villain here i must have muted those people or blocked those people online because i haven't seen that but if there are people out there that think that Terry is wrong for trying to get paid, let me read this stat to you that Tim sent out back on June 2nd. Dotson will make more this year as a rookie first rounder than Terry has made his first three years combined. Dotson hasn't done anything. And he's going to make more money than Terry did in his first three years in the league. That's why the man's holding out. That's why the man deserves to get paid. He is a top tier talent. And a lot of players, a lot of people out there, not players, are saying that, well, Terry isn't, you know, a top five wide receiver. Why is he getting top five wide receiver money? That's just the way the games play in the NFL. Kirk Cousins was not a top quarterback. Yeah, that's the market. It's the going rate. And if they actually want Terry to be here, then they need to pay the going rate. And someone was talking about it this afternoon. They're actually curious if the team is still trying to negotiate with Terry on a number before the AJ Brown trade and before the wide receiver market blew up. Cause Rivera said this today during his press conference. Let me play this for you. Sure, you don't want to negotiate anything within the public, but that said, what's your impression of how the negotiations are going and how how close or far apart everybody is? Well, I believe they're headed in the right direction, you know, because at the end of the day, you, you, you both start somewhere and you hopefully you end up in the middle. And when you can end up in the middle, then you know, you know, for the most part, it's 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 gone right. When when like they say at the end of the day, when everybody's happy, and then everybody's mad at the same time, you've you've done what you needed to do. You know, this is this is a little bit kind of like what happened with Jonathan. 
last year. Um, you know, the only difference is we came in earlier with John with uh, Terry than we did with Jonathan. Jonathan, we waited and wanted to keep you guys in suspense just before training camp. So coach has repeatedly over the past couple of days compared the contract negotiations with Jonathan Allen last year to the same negotiations with Terry this year. And it feels like he's trying to pat himself on the back because they talked to Terry a couple weeks earlier this time than they talked to Jonathan. In my eyes, you don't compare the negotiation you have with one player to another player. Each one of them is unique. They both have different agents. They're both different people. John was a first round pick and he got paid his first contract like a first round pick. Terry being a third, you know, wants to make sure in my mind, and this is speculation, but in my mind that he is going to get paid like he's a first round wide receiver because frankly he is. And it frustrates me when coach says these things, because if I am Terry's agent or in Terry's camp, then it sounds like coach almost thought about it as a joke saying, if one side is happy and one side's upset, then you're kind of doing your job. I, I we said it before. I wish you'd keep quiet. Say we're talking to Terry. The negotiations are ongoing. We wish he was here, but we understand why he's not. And just leave it at that. Boom. Not taking any more questions on it. Here's the thing. You and I like fine food. And when we go to restaurants and you look at the menu, a lot of times it'll say market price. Now, you know, when you see market price, you're going to pay a little bit more, but you still want that lobster. You still want that, that, that ribeye. So we pay a little bit more. This is no different. The other thing that, that kind of caught my ear, I'm listening with my third ear as my, my, my friend, Joe Madison, the black Eagle says, listen with a third ear, look with a third eye. My third ear says, why are you trying to keep us? Um, what was the word that he used? He said, keep you guys under suspicion or something to that effect. Coach said that. Keep you guys. What did he say? Just that fast. I forgot what he said. But keep, it sounded like he said, keep you guys under suspicion or something. I don't want to be under suspicion. I don't care about that. I care about the deal getting done. Keep you guys surprised or something. It started with an S. But I don't care about that. Just get the deal done. And like you said. Less is more. Hey, we'd love for him to be here, but, you know, it's, it's all a part of it. But we're, we're moving on and we're going to keep going and, 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 we, and we feel that he will be here. So next question. I mean, I know Coach watches film. That's his job. I wish the PR staff would cut up clips of Bill Belichick's press conferences. Say, Coach, here's your homework today. Watch this. <laughs> Watch the way he handles questions and just – doesn't give an answer. Rivera will walk his way just this long convoluted route into coach speak and then get himself in trouble. And that's why I said earlier, I love watching his press conferences online when the team tweets that they're live at the podium because I want to see what is he going to say now that is going to, you know, potentially impact the McLaurin contract because he is in charge of that. He is not just the head coach. He is buying the groceries and making the meal. 
because that's what he wanted, 100% full control. In and I was going to – Go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. I was going to say, is that is that Martin's job? But but no, that's, that's the coach's job. And I think that, that that's too much. I think that's too much. I really do. Um, because now it puts it more on a personal level versus a business level. Someone else needs to be in charge that I feel. You know, maybe Martin or, or someone. I, it's just, that's too much for a coach to have to try to bite off, man. You got so many other things to worry about. You know, I, I understand his his first year, maybe second year, trying to, you know, get things together. And he needed full autonomy. I, I, I get it because we were we were singing fast. And to a degree, you know, we still have water in the ship, so to speak, but we're not sinking, if that makes sense. I think the holes have been plugged, but we still now have to bail the water out. At this point, I think that he, he's got to relinquish some of those duties to some other people, man, so that he can focus on other things. Because the last thing I want to hear is, well, we didn't win because I had too much on my plate. I don't want to hear that. Well, he has relinquished some of those duties with the Martys that have come on board. But Coach has final say, and things go through him. He mentioned earlier in the year that we're not going to potentially go down to Richmond because it's not cost effective and we, we talked about this on a prior episode when have you ever heard a head coach use the word cost effective why are those two words ever coming out of his mouth you do what is best for your team to help them win what is best for the commanders to help them win is to get terry mclaurin on the field practicing with carson wentz and building a rapport with carson wentz he said he's not worried about those two not being able to play together. But quarterbacks throw to people that they are comfortable with. Well, he's building a rapport with Dotson, which is great, but Dotson's not wide receiver one. He's a rookie. Let's all be realistic. Let's take the Ashburn syndrome down just a little bit here on Dotson. Terry needs to be out there. And when he does get out there, I don't think he's going to miss a step, but he is still going to have to build a connection with Carson. He's put up, he's averaged 1,030 yards per season with eight different quarterbacks since he's been here. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, and Garrett Gilbert. And I completely forgot about Gilbert. But yes, he will be able to do that with Carson. But you want to do it out of the gate. You want to do it against the Jags and against the Lions. You don't want this thing to start off slow. And Rivera and Del Rio and this coaching staff said last year that the defense started slow because their players missed OTAs. Now you got Terry missing mandatory minicamp. Is this offense going to start out slow? Oh, brother. If it does, <laughs> you know, the boo birds are going to come on out. Well, I, I agree with you because one thing that we also know is timing for that deep ball. We know Carson has an arm. We know Terry has speed, but how many times have we seen guys overthrow or even underthrow? So you've got to be able to put it all together. And like you said, these little gyms, 
need to be put in place. At the same time, you guys control your own destiny. That's what bothers me. I understand that it's negotiations. I, I get it. But I don't want to hear any excuses. And if you are the one who controls it, then make it happen. You control it. I don't control it. The fans don't control it. And if you know that it's needed, it's one thing if, if we said, you know what? I really don't know if I need this. It's like when you go shopping. You know what? I, I want asparagus, but we don't necessarily need asparagus. We can go with green beans. Well, no, this is a need. This isn't a want. So you make it happen. And for the life of me, you brought up something that I'm tired of. If we're not going to camp in Richmond, just come out and say, hey, look, we're not going to camp because I've asked two to three different people and I get the runaround. Oh, it's not sure yet. I don't know yet. We don't know. That's BS. Richmond is basically five weeks away. Five freaking weeks away. And you're telling me that you don't know? Come on. That, that's not professional at all. Since not when? Have to plan. Exactly. Richmond has, the city has a plan for their food vendors. I mean, at this juncture, people, the vendors that sold food maybe have other venues to go to. That, are already, that they've already signed up for. Do everyone a service and just come out with it. We, we praised Jason earlier for coming out and being transparent. This is one of those times. Be transparent. Just say, no, we're not going to do it. Obviously, the, you know, I think in, initially they were trying to hold off because of the whole Virginia stadium deal. Possibly they want to tick anyone off. Well, it looks now that that's off the table. So go ahead and tick everybody off and, and come out with it once and for all. Now, and we brought this up that night when we were there asking about, you know, Richmond and rallies, talking about how the fan base is global. That's why the team said that they were going to release the actual name on the Today Show, because they're a global brand. People want to travel to training camp. They want to come to town. They want to watch the team. There was a fan that I met at OTAs that drove from Kentucky I was complaining because I was driving from downtown DC and she drove from Kentucky. You have fans that want to be there, that want to support you. But when you leave us on the hook like this, you're not giving us the opportunity to. During the parking party, I had a chance to talk to Mrs. Snyder. For those of you that haven't met her, she is amazing. The, the woman is awesome. I know yes. it's probably not going to be a popular opinion, but I have met her on multiple occasions, and she is great. I asked her at that event, the team store is gonna be closing. Can you please somehow open up a satellite store for fans that wanna buy gear, that wanna touch and feel the shirt or the jersey or the sweatshirt, whatever it may be, before they buy it online? because. People fly to D.C. because it's a vacation destination. It's cheap for people to come here for the most part. The museums are free. And then you have Commanders fans that make this their summer vacation. 
that then want to go to FedEx field because they want to see where the team plays and they want to go to the store and they want to buy stuff. Well, the team store is closed and they don't have that opportunity. And I actually thought it was open. I didn't realize it was closed until we were there the other night for Monster Jam. And I was shocked because I know there would have been a ton of fans that were there for Monster Jam that would have bought Commander's Gear because you get a chance to see it and you're on board and you want to have something. And to me, it's just another misstep from the rebrand journey and not making things available to your number one customers and your clientele and training camp as one, not giving us the opportunity to plan for it. Because if it's going to be in Ashburn, let me know the days that it's going to be open to the public in Ashburn so I can take off work and I can schedule time to be out there to watch the team, to cheer them on, to support them, and probably give my hard-earned dollars to some gear that is a little overpriced. Let me ask you this. Did they sell Monster Jam T-shirts there? Was there any oh, type of did. sale? I bought so, a couple. So that's why Jerry Jones is a freaking marketing genius. Jerry Jones would have had the team store open. Jerry Jones would have had Dallas Cowboy merchandise all throughout the freaking place. If you if if a venue is coming, a concert, track and field, whatever, Monster Jam, whatever it is. You need to have merch on scene. No ifs, ands, buts about it. People want to buy it. I want to buy it. And, and oh, speaking of which, so I look at Fanatics all the time. And I'm not sure if you saw, but we complained about the custom jerseys. We want, we want the new name, our new names. I'm sorry. We want our names on the new jerseys. Well, they've started to sprinkle out youth jerseys that you can get customized with your with your name on it not adults yet but i'm i'm thinking that they're rolling out the children's sizes first for whatever reason i i I don't know why but it's it's an uptick to me because adults should be coming shortly with your name customized on the new jersey and that's what i want i want to put my name rally captain on the back of my jersey and speaking of which, at the uh, function we had last last Thursday, you know, I had on a Commander's baseball jersey. That was nice, man. Well, if you, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but I told everyone, hold your horses. They're going to be coming out with the baseball jerseys, Commander's baseball jerseys, and they have. And I think they're like 90 bucks right now. Oh, you got to send me that link. I, I probably missed it online, but man, that was nice because I stopped buying players' jerseys after I bought an RG3 Authentic. That was the last jersey I ever bought because I thought, hey, you know, this guy is the real deal. Well, we all know how that ended. I am not <laughs> wasting money anymore on a player's jersey, let alone a commander's jersey, because Terry McLaurin, someone you think think you can do the rebrand around some of the team has chosen to do the rebrand around and feature his jersey hats off to those people that bought Terry McLaurin commander's jerseys but I'm not committing that kind of dollar to a jersey when I don't know this guy is going to be locked up long term and I don't know if he's going to be on the team long term I mean you've got some pundits out there there was a guy on I think it was Mike Lombardo with Grant and Danny saying that he gives it like a 60 30 percent chance that Terry gets traded 
You know, I think the guy's crazy, but that speculation and that talk is coming out now. And it just shouldn't be there. And they've created this mess and they need to clean it up sooner than later. I mean, we all knew Brandon Sheriff was going to leave. When they franchised him for two years, we all knew he wasn't coming back for year three because he's making $49.5 million as a guard that Jay Gruden likes to say in Jacksonville. There's no way we're going to pay him that kind of money here. So the fan base was fine with it. But Terry, if you don't pay this man, the fan base will not be okay with it. Everybody was split on paying Kirk. Everybody was pretty much happy to not pay Brandon. We are finally all in agreement. I almost want to say it's kind of a bipartisan agreement between the fan base that we all love Terry and we all want him here. And they need to do what they can to keep him here so you and I can go down to Richmond and watch him practice. You mean Ashburn? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. We'll, we'll, We'll see. That's... I think you're right. They were waiting for the stadium bill and to see what happens and came out last week, Virginia took the stadium bill off the table. So that doesn't mean the stadium is not going to be built in Virginia. It just means that they're not voting on it this year. Subsequently, later on that day, the DC council came out and said that the RFK site is off the table. They don't want to build a new stadium there. The D.C. Council wants that to go towards housing and development for D.C. Well, we only got one location left. Or the team can wait and check to see what Virginia does next year. I know you said you weren't a betting man, but if you had to put money on the table, where do you think this stadium is actually going to end up? Back in Landover. I said I've said that from from the jump. I I said that uh, probably I think two years ago. I think I said that about two two and a half years ago. I, I said I feel as though they're going to do what Atlanta did, the Mercedes Dome. Um, it was a Georgia Dome, and then they uh, they tore it down and basically built right down the street. So I, I see them doing the exact same thing here, especially now. And we talked about it, especially now that that uh, the government in uh, Maryland is saying they're going to build four billion dollars worth of uh, stores and shops and eateries and and everything like else like that. So why not? Yeah, everybody wants it at Fed, uh, right at RFK. We know that. I want it there. You want it there. The whole world wants it there. That ain't going to happen. So let's move on. It's no different than the name change. You're not going to like it, but the fact is you'll get used to it. Now, I, I hope you're right. Everybody knows I'm biased, and I think it should go in Landover. If I had to bet, I would say it's going to go in Landover because I don't think Virginia wants to work with Dan. You know, the Virginia Attorney General is still investigating the commanders. D.C. is a pipe dream. I live here. I've said it way too many times. I just... The council that is in charge of it just does not want it to happen because their constituents, it's an election year, don't want it to happen. So if they were to come out and actively say, let's do RFK in an election year, they're just going to get voted out. Now, Virginia could change its mind and the council could change its mind, but 
DC is still up to Congress. Congress is stuck on stupid and they won't let DC residents dictate what should happen with their own land. So Landover makes the most sense. That's what scares me the most. People keep saying that the commanders want this thing in Virginia. I think the only reason why is because Dan can build his Snyderville out there. I just, I am happy and thankful that at least for the next, you know, six months, we shouldn't get any more stadium talk and we can actually talk football because it's off the table in Virginia. Maryland already says, Hey, this is what we're going to do. You either get on board or we don't care. We're doing it without you. So now we finally actually get to talk some X's and O's and just move on from all this non on the field stuff. But with that being said, we want to thank you all for joining us for episode three of the mess hall. It's been a good time talking commanders. If you can do us a favor, go out there, help spread the word, tweet, share, download, like, leave a review on iTunes, on Spotify. I know I sound like I'm begging, but this does help out the show a lot. We also want to thank our first sponsor, Pencor Sports Tavern. Those guys are awesome. I'm going to be over there later on to watch the uh, Lightning take on the Avalanche for the Stanley Cup Finals. Looking forward to having some chicken wings and a cold beer. But until next time, I'm your boy Tailgate Ted. You can find me at Tailgate Ted on all your socials. And I'm Rally Captain, and you can find me Rally Captain, Twitter, Rally underscore Captain at Instagram, and Rally Captain's fan page on Facebook. And by the way, I still got openings for people who want to travel. www.sbevents.net. Holler at me so I can get you guys taken care of. And don't forget, rep it hard, but don't rep it at all. Peace. Deuces. Get